0: Essex High School, in Essex, Vermont, students use a 3D printer to create prosthetic hands, which are distributed to recipients around the country. And students are not just getting credit for it, they're adding the hands to their digital portfolios and scoring internships with local community organizations as well. It's all just another day in the 21st century classroom. I'm Audrey Homan, and in this episode, we'll meet Leanne Smith, coordinator of a brand new science and technology program called the Essex STEM Academy. She'll tell us how students who opt to join the Academy as part of their high school experience get to choose their own STEM projects to pursue, supported by community organizations who, Smith hopes, will then benefit from a more technically skilled emerging workforce. Meet Leanne Smith.
1: Uh, Why don't I start by telling you the requirements for the Academy, and then maybe we could see how how that works. So there's the advisory. Uh, We also have a lecture series. So about once a month after school, somebody comes in, Uh, This year we had somebody talk about um, careers in software development. We had somebody talk about a CubeSat, like sending up a little cubic satellite into space. VTC and UVM have a a grant with NASA for that. So that kind of thing. And you need to do 10 of those throughout the course of the three years. Um, You need to enroll in the STEM internship class. And that just started this spring a few classes ago. Um, So that class gives you a 40-hour internship. And you also prepare another portfolio. But this one's more about your, just your experiences in the internship class. And I also want to c- promote um, digital literacy. I want it, the students to create a personal learning network, blogs, Twitter. We're going to make a class blog. And I'm going to teach them how to curate all the information they pull off the internet, Evernote, Google Drive, et cetera. So how to function with the fire hose of information coming at you on the internet and do research around your specific career. You go out and do your internship, and then you put all that together in a digital portfolio. So that's the internship class. And hopefully at this point, you're at the end of your junior year, and then um, you put together an independent project starting in spring of your junior year that you finish up hopefully by January of your senior year. The goal is to have something far enough along that when you're doing your college application, you have something that you can talk about. And then for the spring, Maybe you could put your project in a science fair or some contest or something. So those are the requirements, and that probably could give you a feeling for what a typical program for a student would be. The application process is pretty easy. There's a online, there's just a form you download, and then um, you fill out the form, check out some boxes. The most important part is a letter you write where you answer some questions about things you're curious about, things you might like to pursue. So I look at that letter and I decide which strand to put a student in. There's four strands, medicine, life science, engineering, and computer science. And if you, you, know, if you apply, you get in. It's more registration than applying. This is the second year that there have been students in the STEM Academy, yeah. Okay. And the, the first year, there were four students, kind of a starting year. And this year, we're up to 54.
0: That's a jump.
1: It is a jump. It's, it's gotten big. Um, part of it getting big, I think, was um, we have a new setup in the school. We have an advisory, so once a week students come together for 30 minutes in a homeroom kind of thing. It's sort of a mixed age, and you hang out with the same teacher every year for four years, and those advisories started last year. So during the an advisory in February, we had all the freshmen come down to the auditorium and there's also an Academy of Visual and Performing Arts, so the two academies did a pitch to try and entice students into the academies, and it was, it was successful. So by, uh, by April, we had probably 45 or so, and then more joined throughout the course of the year. The applications just kept filling my mailbox. It was, it was a thing. <laughs> so uh, six other teachers came on board to help, I thought maybe it would just be one advisory with me and you know 12 or 15 kids or something, but with this many, we have four advisories with you know an average of 12, 13 students per advisory. The first thing that happens is you get put into one of those advisories, and the advisory is 30 minutes once a week, which is it's a good start, but it's hard to get a lot done in that time. I'm hoping that the school starts to put aside more time for personalized learning, which might happen because that's kind of a thing in Vermont right now. Um, So you get put in the advisory and little projects like those prosthetic hands that I just showed you. The computer science folks are working with Arduinos. Um, The life sciences group has been doing stuff with uh, like DNA electrophoresis. Um, The engineering group's been building stuff. They've been doing things with Rhino, an AutoCAD program, and some 3D printing. So the first thing that happens is you get put in an advisory. And you also start working on a portfolio. I'd like the students to have a a record of everything they've done in the academy, these little projects and the other components. And I'd like them to use that portfolio as a way to communicate what they've done and also communicate with their advisor to help start a conversation about what their goals are and how they can move forward through their high school career. So the class is a semester long. It starts at the end of January. So we spend about a month putting together the the portfolio, doing the research, doing the resume, and the cover letter, and some interview skills. And then in between winter and spring breaks, so the month of March and April, the class only meets once every other week to kind of share experiences. But you have that time to go out in the community. And you do need to have time in your schedule outside of the regular school day. The class meets from 1 to 2.15, but that's not really enough time. You need to be willing to set up you know, maybe a one to four or maybe sometimes when you don't have a class other parts of the day or something. So there is time outside of school for that.
0: So when you're talking about uh, having your students assemble a digital portfolio, what tools are you using?
1: Uh, We're doing it on a Google site. We're a Google school. Every student has a Google login. So we're using Google site for the portfolio.
0: So if a student uh, applies to be in the academy and and wants to start in, you know, track A, um, and they decide they want to switch tracks. Is that a possibility?
1: Oh yeah, I'm completely open to that. Um, somebody just talked to me an advisory yesterday who was in the medical advisory and asked if they could go try out coding because they were interested in that. And I said sure. And she said, how do I do that? Well, I mean, just you know, talk to the advisor. Just go. Tell me it happened. I mean. I'm It's all about that. The mind is a thing that changes all the time, and that's part of what I want to encourage. So yeah, switching around is perfectly fine with me. The most important rubric for me, I think, is their portfolio. I want to demonstrate growth. So it's not really anything you get a grade in. You get the endorsement on your diploma if you've fulfilled all the requirements. But me personally, I call the STEM Academy a success if the student has grown, if they've learned something. Even if they've decided science isn't for them, I think it's still a successful thing because they've learned, they've grown and they've discovered something. So what is written in their portfolio, their goals at the start of their sophomore year, all their projects, the reflection on them. It's the growth I'm looking for. I like to reach out to the community. You can't have these internships and you can't have these projects without community involvement. So I have a I have a mind map. I'm kinda all about this. So I've just have this giant matrix I've been building of anybody who I think could ever be helpful. I want this Academy to reflect the community, and I'd like the community to see it as a place where they can be helpful, kind of give back, and also a workforce development element.
0: Smith came to teaching via the tech sector, so it's no surprise that a lot of the impetus behind the STEM Academy is the hope that it creates connections that will lead to a stronger Vermont Teaching's a second career
1: for me. I used to work in the semiconductor industry. I moved to this area originally to work for a vendor to IBM, Applied Materials, they're based in the Silicon Valley. So I naturally know a lot of people in that area, and I just love to reach out and connect and make opportunities for people. Something that I think is huge in this area is coding. I see Vermont. um, I mean, Vermont seems to have missed a lot of the manufacturing part of the the 70s and 80s. There's not a lot of factories around here. Um, So it's a beautiful place to live. And I could envision if we had a really strong um, broadband infrastructure that... Uh, people could, you know, maybe go to school, go away, make your connections, find out what's going on in the world, but then take all that and come back to Vermont and make sort of a a virtual thing. Uh, Places like the VSET, the Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, you know, it just, it feels to me like there's really a buzz around doing entrepreneurial kind of programming in this area. So what I could imagine, I would like to teach kids programming, um, because I think that's something they could do, go away, back and then develop a solid workforce of coding people here. I think there's, there's other things for sure, but there doesn't seem to me to be quite so many jobs in the research and manufacturing sector here. So I'm perfectly willing, I mean of course I'm developing people with those interests, but something I just have imagined that could be kind of special is to develop uh, a coding workforce for this thing.
0: the next episode of the 21st Century Classroom, we'll talk to an Essex High School senior who's not just a student in the STEM Academy, he's also an instructor. Thank you for joining us here at the 21st Century Classroom, podcast of the Tarrant Institute for Innovative Education. You can check out our blog at blog.tarrantinstitute.org. Plus you can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, SoundCloud, and now Podomatic. In the meantime, if you'd like to find out more about Essex's STEM Academy, you can visit them online at tinyurl.com slash Essex High School. See you next time.